Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. I'm sorry, what was that again? I'm a god. You're a god. I'm a god, I'm not the god. Twelve o'clock, Domino, Cellini, the fan, six eighty and ninety three seven FM. It's Groundhog Day. Puxatawney Phil. I don't think he saw his shadow today. I think he came out and he frolicked. So that means you don't have six more weeks of winter, and everybody um, up north seems to be happy. So in honor of that, it's our next platform question of the day. Who is your favorite, Phil? Now this isn't Phil. This is Spencer. This is Spencer Strider. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. Uh, no mustache, no uh, no thighs. You didn't talk about that at all. Nope. But it not, was not intense at times. Not intense. Listen, he's intense, not you. Yeah, I. He just he's got an idea how he wants to do things. His big word is perfect. His big word is perfect. I'm just going to let you know. Not here. At one point, he said, "No, a perfect game is 27 pitches, 27 outs." I just want you to think how strange that. Don't is. believe us. Here's the evidence: Spencer Strider and Chris Domino. Good afternoon to you. Good afternoon. How was uh, Spencer Strider, by the way? How was the off season? With a little bit left. It was good. Yeah. Um, you know, once uh, once Christmas comes, yeah. so I'm like a bird. My migration pattern hits, and I got to okay. go south. So right. I'm ready for it to be over. So why? When did you realize that that's what you had to do? How did, how did that time frame turn out to be the time frame? Of heading down to spring training? Yeah. Um, you know, I think that there's, uh, you kind of get acclimated to the off-season routine. And then um, once you get used to it, you're ready to break it, you know. So um, you start missing the, the locker room and, yeah. and the guys. And, um, you know, you kind of get excited about spring training. And then, you know, about a month into spring training, we'll be saying, man, can we start the season already? Well, so Why is this so long? Yeah. I, I used to laugh. Guys used to tell me, I'm going to tell my wife, like the non-pitchers and catchers, I'm going to tell her we have meetings early. I, I said, she wants you out of the house. Every bit as much as you want out of the house at yeah. this point. There's no such thing as pitchers and catchers reporting anymore. <laughs> People are down there doing the work a lot before that. Yeah, we're, we're getting down there pretty early. And I think, um, you know, my wife, originally she was very comfortable back, back home. But yeah. um, she's excited. You know, the, the cold weather is another way to, to push everybody down to Florida. So we're ready to get out of there. When you saw Northport's workout facility... Uh, now, you were at Clemson, and I understand that that's, that's a nice facility. Tell me about what you worked out in high school. Like, did you have a, a local gym? Was it the high school gym? What was... Yeah, you know, I, I went to a really um, successful and, uh, you know, like advanced, I guess you could say, high school uh, baseball program. Okay. Um, and uh, my high school coach, uh, Tommy Farr, who's, who's, you know, kind of a legend in um, Tennessee baseball, uh, he... Uh, did a really good job of, of building a facility for us and we had our own cages and mounds and uh, squat racks weights locker room um you know sometimes it didn't it didn't look super nice but it, that's kind of the way we liked it you know it was a little little rusty and everything and um it was cold and and uh but it, but it was it was perfect for a bunch of high school guys who told so who did you have was there a strength guy actually who said hey look because it, I have a daughter lifted, and it's not for everybody. Should not be doing the same thing. You can just say, "Oh, look, here's what you're going to do. We're going to bench on Monday. We're going to do." But it really, at a certain point, when you have athletes, you've got to start to mark what it is they should be doing over the course of a season. Yeah, you know, so, so it's kind of just like the the entry into into any skill acquisition. Like, you know, the first time you work out, you've never worked out before, you're going to experience a massive, um, you know, increase in your your uh, the benefit from yep. it. The first time you eat well, it's kind of the same thing. You know, the first time you start taking your sleep seriously, um, and then after that, you got to get more advanced and more specific to find benefits and things. But when you're in high school, you know, we had a we had a really good um, full-time strength coach. His name was Tyler Woodruff, and he still does it there. But he, um, you know, he, his his thing was just we're a bunch of scrawny little high school guys. We need to eat. We need to get stronger. It was simple, you know. And then as you get more advanced, you get yeah. um, you get more specific. When you first walked into Northport and saw the facility, what did you think? Yeah, it's an it's an impressive place, and you know that's that's part of the excitement to, to start spring training is it's just a good place to, to train and and hang out. Um, you know, similarly similar similarly to Truist Park, but um, yeah, I I, I uh, felt like you know a kid in a candy store the first time I got down. So when I went down to Orlando the first year and I saw there was a leg press and like a bike in the hallway, I said, well, this isn't this isn't going to really work. Uh -huh. I didn't, and for twenty years. 
so to see Northport myself, even as an outsider, a guy who's covered the team, it was just incredible. I, I just there must have been guys who went from Orlando to that and just said, "Wow, yeah, this is." Sure. Yeah. No. I mean, and you still go around the league, and and um, you know, I've only seen it for a couple of years now. But there, there are places where it really feels like they're kind of lagging behind, and they're mm-hmm. usually due for an upgrade, and they've got one planned. But um, yeah. And I mean, as far as spring training facilities go, and and you know, guys on other teams I've talked to, I, I don't think there's anything better than what we've got down there. Congratulations, by the way, belated on on a really really good season. What did you take out of? And how long does it take you? Because I know that you write, you log, you do all those things. But how long do you take after a season to sort of assess what it is you think you did? Uh, you know, I'm still doing it, really. Are you? Um, you know, I think that's that's the the one bright side to um, you know not achieving what. I wanted to achieve what we wanted to achieve is there's a lot of um, material to, to learn from and, and utilize and um, you know it's that's the case even if you win but um, you know you, you, you've got to take advantage of that opportunity um, having seen what you did wrong and um, you know learn from it so um, yeah I, I th- we've been doing that as a group at times and, and it's certainly something I've been working through as well do you give yourself a chance to enjoy the successes um, yeah, you know, the, my enjoyment comes from the opportunity to keep doing it. You know, I, I, I really enjoy working. I enjoy preparation. Um, I'm very routine-oriented, so, you know, when the season ends, it's, it's hard for me to, to have any downtime. I really jump right into to working out and stuff and, um, you know, seeing the progress and trying to justify, um, you know, the desire to, to, to be good, to be great. Um, through, through the work I do every day is very motivating. Do you have it? up here or how much like do you have to look at a laptop and say okay or or video and say okay this is what i was right about this or not or do you do you know do you take it without that equipment do you know you know generally your intuition is 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 on to something so your instincts can can figure something out you know they're it's kind of that, that's the, that's the thing about having feel and then having data um, combining those two things. You know, there's there's times in a season where something will get out of whack, or you feel like something was off and you can't quite articulate it because you're only able to process things in in a, in a sort of that that uh, first person way. And then um, you know, I like utilizing a force force mound or or edutronic camera. You know, any any of the data that that we've got now um, sort of helps to quantify or put a put some words to what exactly you're feeling do you remember the first time it felt like the ball i don't know flew out of your i talked to bryce elder about it and his is when he found that sinker Mm -hmm. and he could throw it consistently that's something when you knew that you had heat coming out do you remember what it felt like to to just say this ball is now coming out in a way that's a little bit different yeah i mean there there are plenty of times throughout throughout my baseball career where it felt like you know something different or i had something different that day um you know sometimes you don't and it just feels yeah. good you know and that's 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 a good thing to perceive and to understand because ultimately you, you want to you know move towards consistency right the job uh, is the same every day no matter what your stuff is coming out of the pen whatever sure yeah but the yeah. job is always i've got to go do this i've got to get people right out. yeah so and that's that's part of the balance is figuring out how do you um you know maintain the ability to, to compete at your at your peak right um but also acknowledge at times that you aren't as good as you want to be because you're never going to be and um don't let that uh, you know attempt to to improve take away from your competitiveness you stand i i'm a big posture guy and i don't know if i overanalyze it but to me even on nights that you don't have it you have to stand there like you do i i just think that there are guys who sure they they slouch a little bit they walk around the mound there's certain things that that maybe gives it away that they're telling the world that they don't have it that night when you do have it and, again, I know that you don't think this way. I don't think very often. But when you have it and you're on the mound and you go, I don't care who it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might not happen a lot, but when it does, what's that feeling like? Yeah, and that's a good feeling. And, and you know, I think that the struggle, and it's, it's, re- it's, it's really difficult, is trying to rationalize why you should feel that way and you can feel that way every moment, every pitch you throw. Um, you know, and I think the great pitchers in baseball have done that guys like john smoltz greg maddox nolan ryan um bob gibson i mean that's you can you look at them and you see that confidence um roger clemens i mean these are guys that get in the box and you know you get in the box against these guys you know you're out you know they're dictating the the game with their mind in a way um 
and that's something that's attainable every pitch, no matter how you feel, no matter what the score is, no matter what just happened. And I think that that takes a level of objectivity in game um, that's that's difficult because the results and the outcomes. Um, you know, swing your emotions, and then that that changes your perception. I don't think you care if you're on a highlight, three-letter network, four-letter network that night. But there is something to having the baseball world know that you're going well. Does that matter at all to you? Like, do you care about any of that stuff? Not in the least bit. So, but this is me, and I'm. You know, can you still get joy as you're trying to get more perfect or reach perfection? Not enjoying the moment that you maybe have had something yeah, I, good. I, I think you just got to. It's a short memory, you know. Even with you know, guys talk about having a, a short memory with bad, bad uh, results, mm-hmm. bad days. Um, you know, good stuff's just the same. I think it, it's it's all very fleeting. Um, you know, like you, you listen to guys like Derek Cheater that. You know, what, won five World Series? Yeah. I mean, one of the greatest competitors of all time, in my opinion. And Kobe Bryant as well. Like, you know, their their goal in life was not to be um, a top prospect. It wasn't to be uh, a World Series winner. It wasn't even to be a Hall of Famer. You know, their goal was to be the greatest thing that they could possibly achieve. And that's only something that's going to be measured when you're done playing. And you don't know when that is. Right. So for me... Yeah, you know, every once in a while you stop and you sort of realize, like, hey, I'm, I'm moving in the direction, in a positive direction, but, but it's never done. It's never Have you done. ever beat yourself up where you beat yourself up too much? Have sure. you figured out that part of it? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I beat myself up too much there. Yeah, and that's, okay. that's, that's something that you learn from. Um, you know, I, th- I think that one of the things I appreciate in teammates and, and guys I've played with and people, people that I've been around even outside of a baseball context is um, – and it's certainly something you got to manage. It's something I struggle to manage sometimes, but it's 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 okay to, to care, you know. Yeah. We, I, I want guys that, that care, you know, that um, you know that give something. And and um, you know, I think that, that what's important, like I said earlier, is just justifying that desire with your work ethic, and that's that's what's healthy. And there's a work-life balance, work-work balance that comes as you push it along. Yeah, I think I think you know everything that you do needs to be. You know, why, how is this helping me be a better person, be a better player? Um, and that that takes a lot of responsibility, a lot of a lot of self uh, honesty, um, and it can be scary to some people, and it can be daunting at times. And but um, you know, truly utilizing every moment as a justification, as an opportunity to to prove why you, you want to be who you are, you want to be what you are. Um, it's powerful. Well, Braves fans are really ready to get it started again. Yeah, we will see well. you down there in a few weeks. Thanks very much. Really Sounds appreciate great. It. Thanks, Thanks you. Matt. Spencer Strider and Chris Domino from Braves Fest. If you missed any interviews from the players and coaches, including Alex Anthopoulos, the GM, too, 680thefan.com slash BravesFest is where you need to go. You can tap the app or search 680thefan on YouTube, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, and Roku. Awesome. Let me ask you. There are nights that he has the best arm in baseball. Nobody's better. Highlights, whatever. 14 strikeouts, but the way he does it. I, I honestly believe that you know, he digs himself. I, I think he appreciates some of the work he puts in. I don't think he carries himself like a guy who thinks he's got the best arm in baseball. Somewhere. No, I think it's the opposite. I think a lot of times, and he's young and it's not a shot. I, I think it's something he needs to kind of develop yeah. over time. I, I think that he... I'm not going to say he feels sorry for himself, but I think you could sense the frustration out there at times. And that's something, to your point, he's probably going to have to work past this year, not somewhere down the road, this year, because they need him to be that guy this year. Yeah. He's, he's trying to reach perfection, but he knows it's unattainable. No, 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 I shouldn't say that. He believes it's attainable, except when guys like me say it's unattainable. So take your 14 strikeouts tonight. Hip, hip, hooray. You're the best pitcher in baseball right now. Now, Spencer Strider has the team made. Non-roster invitees were announced by the Braves today. Ken Giles, a veteran closer who had a great run for a while and now is trying to come back. He is a non-roster invitee. So he's my ma- age? Yeah. Well, <laughs> it seems that way. He's not quite that old. <laughs> but if he makes the team, he's only going to cost you, what, you know, $1.3 million or something along those lines. So, And Hurston Waldrop, yep. who's going to be 22 years old on March the 1st, was drafted last year out of Florida. He is on the list of non-roster invitees as well. When we come back, this dog continues to prove that you can't judge a book by its cover. We go on campus next. It's Domino and Cellini. It's the Fan 680 and 93.7 FM. 
Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. Pucks and Tawny Phil on Groundhog Day did not see a shadow, so winter will end six weeks early. In honor of that, who's your favorite Phil? That's our X platform question of the day. The late great Uncle Phil from the Prince, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. What was Uncle Phil's occupation? He was uh, he was an attorney. He was, he was a, a judge. And then he oh, became a judge. judge. Oh, yeah, sorry, and became a judge. He's a hell of a pool player too. Very powerful. Yeah. Then it the, was the last episode the one where his father. No, when Ben Vereen was yeah. on. That wasn't the last episode. No, yeah, that was actually earlier. But, yeah, that was oh, one of the more emotional, special yeah, yeah. special. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Shout out to you, Uncle Phil. Phil, though, one of the great characters ever. Yeah. I didn't he watch was, he was tough on the kids, but he was also, you know. Okay. I didn't tough watch but show. fair. Yeah. Great character. A little bit overrated. How did it end? Oh, come on, Joe. How did it end? Anybody, like, pass? Was there an empty house? Did they he's, close yeah, the he's door? in the empty house at the end. I don't really recall what happened, but I remember him kind of standing there in the empty okay. house. They all, right. all move. Oh, they did. Okay. Does he move back to I, Philadelphia? I think he goes off to college. Oh, well, he and Carlton go to college in the. Uh, they go to the fake, not UCLA, but yeah. it's supposed oh. to be UCLA. I thought he joined the Air Force so they and could shut down the aliens. So they could st- stay at oh. home. That was the documentary. Yeah. That, that, he that became a fighter pilot. Yeah, 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 yeah Will yeah, Smith yeah, became yeah. a fighter pilot. He say he saved the world like ten times now. Like, yeah, a big blockbuster guy. He always did his best work in July. But that scene, until he didn't. Why doesn't he want me? I mean, yeah, that was yeah. where Ooh. you know he became a serious actor, and that's where. People started to realize maybe, just maybe, we can cast this guy in a more serious light. I'm not the right one to ask. Not my vibe, not my bag, not my scene. Is that considered rap? Because it is considered yeah. rap. And I think they well, almost... I'm going to say no. They might have won the first Grammy in they the did. rap category. Okay, so that song won the first Grammy for well, rap. Well, the, the artist. You know, I don't think it was that actual song. No, I think it might have been. Was it really? I, I, I think. That had a goal some people. DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. Yeah, find out if that won a Grammy. I think it might have won a Grammy. They didn't. St- they didn't a little bumpy start for the rap Grammy. Why don't you just give a Grammy to Bust a Move? While you're at it. Yeah, 1989. Yeah, DJ go. Jazzy Watch Jeff this. and the Fresh Prince with the first hip hop Grammy awarded for best rap performance. That was, but that was for parents just don't understand. Yeah, that's okay. correct. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Make a difference. They should have oh, shut, the, yeah, yeah. shut. But the no, category I mean, the point down. is, yeah, it wasn't that song. But really, is that the point? They should have questioning shut the, myself. The category should have lasted one year, 1989, and it should have been over. Or they should have got up and accepted that award, and somebody should have came up and slapped that. So you're completely wrong. Give me my award. Thing. What is the uh, next step now with the qualifiers for the Sandals, Duns River in Jamaica and the Sandals Caribbean destination? Matt Lear, I ask you. Well, I really don't know. Okay. May it I? seems to change daily. Because okay. five <laughs> lucky listeners qualified this week. Next week. It's going to happen again, I believe. So they're doing it again. I don't know. I'm making that up. It was so up. good this week, they're going to do it again next week. five next week, I've been told. Listen for the key word. Got to be 21 or older and a legal resident of Georgia See, to enter and win. I'm just going to try Whatever this contest has remaining. I'm, That's how it works. Look over your shoulder. Look at this. You just spoke it into existence. Yeah. I'm the Sandals kidding. commercial is now on one of the monitors here in the studio. <laughs> it's, a, it's a TV. Um, Matt, <laughs> how about Lerner, that? I'm going to ask you to stay out of this because, again, I don't want anybody coming back at me or us, but especially me, when they say, oh, you guys didn't do it right. My guess is, here's my guess, mm-hmm. you quiet back there. My guess is next week there's going to be more qualifiers. Okay. And you're going to have an opportunity, I don't even know if this is true, you're going to have an opportunity to go to one of the greatest places you've ever been. Well, listen, been. qualifiers or not, Sandals, Duns River, and all of the Sandals resorts there in Jamaica are outstanding. The locker room, they were just there, and they can vouch for that fact. Are more changes coming to Alabama football? That story in about five minutes. 
The college football voice of the South is going on campus. Presented by Subaru of Gwinnett on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth or shop online at SubaruofGwinnett.com. So, Javon Bullard is getting ready for the NFL. He's at the Senior Bowl, and he's not the biggest guy in the world. For those that don't realize, I, I know what he did to Marvin Harrison, so no one's going to question his ability to play football. That was a clean hit, by the way, so Ryan Dean needs to let that go. 5'10", 197 pounds. That's his size. And he said, look, been this way all the time. It hasn't stopped me yet, and I don't see it stopping me as I go off to the NFL. Yeah. Do you want to get hit by a guy much bigger than you who might have the same speed? My answer is no. It's just, it's physics. Remember that thing that had like those six balls on it and you pull the one out and think and you go, how does that work? That's physics. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get hit by a 240-pound guy who's running really fast. So I'm going to avoid that. I'm just going to avoid it. Well, he, that 197 pounds, was the MVP of the Peach Bowl. He was also the MVP of the National Championship game. And he's a guy that knows how to make plays at the right time. Bringing people down to the ground is the defense's job. Uh, getting more yards than maybe people thought you were going to get is the offensive job. And then you know what you have to do? You have to avoid getting hit or you have to drop people who have the football in their hands. Harry That's Lyles. It. The game, the game yeah. is still pretty simple. It, it hasn't changed in that regard. Not Harry Styles. <laughs> Harry Lyles writes for ESPN. And he talked to a bunch of coaches who learned and coached under Nick Saban, including Kirby Smart, Lane Kiffin, among others. And there's some great stories in this article. Dan Lanning said he was doing a kid's camp, and they were going through a drill. And Nick Saban was there, and he admonished him. He corrected him. It was a kid's camp. He said, you're not doing this drill right. You had to step in and chew him out. So... Nick Saban, at what point is he looking for his next possible player? I don't think 8, 10, but the 14-year-olds start to come to camp. These, these, The wheels are turning with these college sure. coaches at these camps. He's thinking five steps ahead. Yes. He just can't help himself all the time. Um, there's a character that I've never heard of until I read this article, P.J. Funny Bunny. He's got not Honey Bunny from Pulp Fiction, but Funny Bunny, mm-hmm. who's kind of a... Uh, a wiseacre, a young wiseacre, and that's know. what Lane Kiffin said that Nick Saban called him. So what do you think you're doing here, PJ Funny Bunny? <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Is this a real thing? That's what Lane Kiffin said in this article. All right. So who writes the definitive? Does Nick Saban sit down and he, does he have a book out yet? Uh, that's a good question. I would imagine something has been out. you think he does a, an autobiography? Maybe you get somebody to help him do it. Do you think he wants to tell tales? I'm not sure. It might be one of those unauthorized biographies. Okay. That, might actually, that might mean it'd be a little bit juicier. Do you think there's dirt on him? There's dirt on everybody. There's dirt you on everyone. In, you walk so. in with white gloves. It's yeah. college football. It's always been sort Remember of for years, of. those Alabama players, when like Trent Richardson was there, Julio Jones, they went to that suit guy. Yeah. Which now in the world of NIL means nothing. Do you know what you can do now in the world of NIL? You can actually measure those guys right in the middle of Times Square. Yeah. And then, then say, meet me here next week, and I'm going to give you your suits. That was the thing. Nobody, in case you don't know, it looked like when the Alabama players were walking in pregame. They had different suits on every week. And they weren't going, hey, I'll wear your suit this week. You wear mine. They all had suits. Like the, custom-made suits. And the guy who owned the custom-made suit place had pictures of all these players up on his walls. Like in the old days, that was improper benefit, was it not? Yes. Makes you wonder. Yeah, Again, makes rel- you wonder relatively speaking, it's nothing. So Lance Thompson's another guy that coached for Nick Saban. He was his defensive coordinator at LSU, and he said coaching under Saban, it's dog years. One year equals seven. Mm-hmm. Those are just some of the stories in there. And Kirby Smart said he was nervous when he first started coaching and interviewed to coach under Nick Saban. In fact, the word was, if Miss Terry invites you over for dinner, you got the job. So it's like Johnny Carson inviting you over to the couch. Yeah. If she doesn't, you don't get the job. And I don't think he initially was invited oh, over, so we got a little bit nervous. Damn. Do you think anybody pulled the, you know, by the way, he's deaf in his left ear? You have to say everything a little bit louder in his right ear. I don't know if anybody pulled that one off. <laughs> then they spoke glowingly, of course, of Miss Terry doing so many things behind the scenes oh, for man. the coaches. And more importantly, the coaches' families, putting them at ease at times. And then Nick Saban said he got invited over when he was still married to Nick Saban's house for Easter. And he told his wife at the time, I don't want to go over there. I got young kids. The guy's going to yell at me. He said when he got there, he totally saw another side of Nick Saban. Away from that facility. One day and one day he, only. He's there with his grandkids. Oh, he's goodness. a completely different Hold person. Who said this? Day. What coach said Lane this? Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin said. Okay. It's nice to know the guy had it in him. 
once a year. It's a longer article, but I think it's worth reading. But hold on. But he's also the guy that would call you on Christmas Day. What the hell are you doing? It's time to work. Let's go. Three o'clock. Again, when you're at that facility, it's time to work. You know what it is, though? It's the greatest piece. I'm not here to be buddy-buddy with you. We got a job to do. What are you? You want a small talk? You want a chit-chat? I'm trying to get out of this one-horse town. You are amazing, though, at the chit-chat. Even if you're not interested, you fake it better than anybody else. Thank you very much. I wear it on my sleeve. Yeah. Oh, God. This guy. No, Nick, that you just said that out loud. What's, this guy's, name honesty, What's right? this guy's name again? You, you were chit-chatting with somebody this morning. Yes. And I, th- I think it was pretty evident I was not in the mood to chit-chat with this person. No, that's true. Because I was not introduced to this person. No, and you wore it on your sleeve. Yeah. You were grumpity McGrumpity. I'd work to do. That's what I'm going to call you, Grumpity McGrumpity. Anyway, Harry Lyles at ESPN.com. Read the article if you have time. Going to work for Nick Saban is going to get your Ph.D. at Wharton. You're going to a higher level of education, and you might have to grind, and you might have to bud. How many guys have better jobs after working for Nick Saban? Just about every one of them. Right, that's it. That's his school. And it's not a head coaching tree who didn't beat him and everything else. It's the... We talk about resurrecting careers, and, and guys, you're just in a better place. You might hate some of it. There might be a lot of days where you do look at your wife and you go, can't believe we got to deal with this again today. Then your wife should kick in the ass, get you out the door, tell you to stop complaining. And now you got Kalen DeBoer trying to clean things up. He's losing a bunch of transfers. He thought he had an offensive coordinator in Ryan Grubb, but it looks like Ryan Grubb, before even coaching in Tuscaloosa, said, I am going to go join uh, Mike McDonald, the head coach in Seattle and become the Seahawks offensive coordinator. Uh-oh. So now, Kalen DeBoer, the, the timing is never great to lose an offensive coordinator, let alone this time of the year with spring ball right around the bank. And you're trying to clean up a mess. We're doomed, I tell you. We're doomed. Yeah, it, it's a little bit tougher to tell the quarterbacks and the, you know, not portal, but anybody you're going to go visit, it's going to be great for you. Oh, who's your coach? I don't have one of those yet. I don't have an OC yet, but I promise it's going to be great for you. You think they still do that? You were the one who were going to take us over the top. I think Grubb looked around and said, yeah, it was challenging with the Huskies, but I'm not from here, and people are leaving, and I got people yelling at me. Seems and to be now, mad at everybody. And now I have an out to go to the NFL and just coach Geno Smith. Do you think you went home? Oh, thank God. <laughs> told his wife. <laughs> We'd have to go. Oh, thank they, God. They sold their house out there yet, but uh, he is can going I, back. Can I do two on-campus stories? Um, I insist that you okay. do, Chris. We're going to call them Crazy One and Crazy Two. Uh-huh. What's Crazy One? All right. Crazy One is Rick Pitino was trying to get this game against Connecticut out of Madison Square Garden. Because the story is, he doesn't want, because he knows there's going to be a lot of Connecticut fans. Connecticut is riding high. As Danny Hurley said, they all want what we have. This is our town. They all want what we have. This is in your town. So then they, this is my town. They did it under the guise of, no, 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 let's have the game at the Carneseca gym because it's Lou's 100th birthday on January 5th. So Rick Patino was catching crap because everybody's like, this is nonsense. Play the game at Madison Square Garden. Deal with the fact. Lou would have wanted it that way. This but, is the way. He's still alive? Yeah. Then let's bring him in. He's 100. He is still alive. But here's the problem. So they're taking the game to Madison Square Garden. They didn't change it. You know what St. John's is doing in this game at halftime? They're honoring an Elite 18 from 1999. They're honoring an Elite 18. Do you know who won the national title in 1999? Connecticut. Do you know who knocked them out of the NCAA tournament in 1999? Connecticut. Who's in charge at St. John's? Like, isn't somebody going to realize, first of all, who honors an Elite 18? Now, you haven't, you've won one NCAA tournament game, I think, this century. So maybe it's gotten to the point where you're going to honor an Elite 18 because it's been so bad. Who honors an Elite 18 in Madison Square Garden? I have no answer. This you. goes back to what I tell you about that place. Nobody wins in that building. Nobody. It's a bunch of losers who hang out in that building. Losers with a capital L. So that's crazy one. What's crazy two? Uh, the guy from Alabama, speaking of the, the baseball coach. Do you know what they tried doing? They got to show cause, I know that. Show cause. And rightfully so. 15 years. It's unprecedented. He's got a 15-year show cause. They fine him a certain amount of money, but here's what he did. Here's how this happened. The guy that he called to make the bet, he knew a pitcher was out. He wanted him to bet $100,000 on Alabama. 100000 in a casino in Cincinnati, right? Yeah, casino. I oh, think it was a minor league park. A window of some sort. A, a window. gambling window, yeah. So let me ask you, what kind of red flag would come up if you saw a $100,000 bet in a college oh, the baseball? The red flag that came up that day. Yeah. They said, sir, we don't do bets that big. They let him bet 15000 And the story was he had to tell LSU, pitcher's out. 
but he didn't want to do it until the bet was late. They thought they were going to lay a $100,000 bet in the college baseball. And I would have got away with it, too, if it hadn't been for you snooping kids. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to know what the person behind the window... Every time this guy kept saying, no, 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 I want to bet 100000 This is what the person kept doing. Hmm. Hmm. No, 100000 hmm. Yeah, you know, Alabama baseball, 100000 hmm. That actually does kind of sound like Scooby-Doo. Hmm. Ironically. Well, he showed him a text from the coach, too. It's the Reds ballpark, and the guy said, this is a lock. He's telling the person taking a bet, we got a winner here. It's a lock. $100,000 bet on college baseball. So you said the dumbest man on the face of the yes. earth to go make this bet, apparently. Right. right. Well, you're dumb for saying let's lay 100000 on it because that was never going to happen any place, let alone at the Reds' ballpark. They took a $15,000 bet on it. He's gone, as we like to say. Ain't going to be seeing him around here no, no more. No, 15-year <clears throat> show cause. No, 100000 is what you... Did I hear you correctly? Just, just so you know. Maybe it's <clears throat> me. I'm goofed up. Just right so now. I know. Yeah, I don't know. All right, let's go from bad business to good business. It's time for the Business of Sports Minute, presented by Southern Company. Southern Company is building the future of energy for the customers and communities they are privileged to serve. Josh Deal joins us right now, the GM at Bobby Jones Links Regional. Josh, thanks for coming on with us. And uh, for those that don't know about Bobby Jones, if there's a better course in the city, I don't know where it is when you talk about the great public courses. Thanks for coming on for the Business of Sports. Absolutely. Happy to be here. For those that haven't been there as of late, talk about the changes to Bobby Jones. We were there last year, and, and to say we were impressed would be a massive understatement. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a really cool story. I mean, those of us that are from the Atlanta area or spending any amount of time here, the, the old Bobby Jones golf course was an absolute you know staple for golfers in Atlanta, probably one of the, the busiest ones in the state. And over some time, it had you know, kind of fallen into disrepair, and uh, a small group got together and, and raised some money and, and brought forth what we have here. The, the golf course opened a fully renovated reversible nine in uh, late 2018. And then we opened up Murray's Golf House, which, of course, includes Boone's Restaurant and the Academy and the driving range and, and fully operational in 2020. So it's a, a far cry from what it was, but we're happy to, to be the home of a public golf here right in the middle of the city. Hey, Do- uh, Josh, I don't want to necessarily look into everybody's pockets, but this is, is, isn't this the equivalent of seeing a house that you go, man, if we just really paint and do the things we're supposed to do, we're going to have, we're going to have a hell of a house. I- I'm sure it was not cheap because you're talking about land right here outside the city, but uh, it was really smart of these people to actually look and go, this is, this is one that should be saved. Yeah, absolutely. With, you know, the namesake of Bobby Jones, even just, you know, what, what that means to golf, what that means to Georgia and Atlanta, um, to see this piece of property that's right here, so centrally located to so many businesses and communities and areas around to, to give access to a public golf course that's open, inclusive, and, and has that private club kind of product excellence. Uh, that was the mission, and I, I think they succeeded. And speaking of a mission, I know it goes beyond golf. Can you talk about some of those initiatives helping out some of the inner city programs, among other things there at Bobby Jones? Yeah, so that's a, a part of the program or part of the mission was, you know, we wanted to be more than just the golf course, right? So our our key pillars of giving back include, you know, we do a lot of work with the Georgia State Golf Association with Adaptive Golf. We work with the Shepherd Center with some programming. Obviously, juniors and welcoming uh, beginners to the game of golf is a huge part of what we do. Um, we work with the Georgia PGA and their HOPE program, which is a veterans program. So um, more than just golf, we, we really like to give these opportunities to either introduce people to the game or to, to serve those where golf can, can really fill a need. And we have, you know, the list, and I know that you've publicized those at BobbyJonesGC.com, their website, your website as well, of people that have really benefited specifically from some of those programs. Absolutely. I mean, we've had you know, over 4,000 juniors go through our camps, be it uh, PGA Junior League, PGA Family Cup, or just our internal classes through U.S. Kids Golf. The Hope Program, man, if you haven't seen it or, or heard of it, please do go look it up, PGA Hope. It is a fantastic program that introduces the game of golf to veterans. Um, that's a program that we've been running several years long now, and it's one of the biggest in the state, And as well as the work that we do at the Shepherd Center. So uh, for all of us that enjoy golf, we understand the, 
what it can do from a physical and, and mental side as well as social. So the more people we can introduce this game to, uh, the, that that's what we're here for. It's going to be in the 60s today, and I know when a day like this happens, everybody in the golf world gets really excited. I'm not telling you it's not going to get cold again, but do you keep an eye on General Beauregard? Do you much care what the... Uh... <laughs> Tawny Phil. What the, what the weather expectation is supposed to be going More forward. More weeks of winter are out there? Well, you know, it's Groundhog Day, right? Yeah. So it, it, it kind of wakes us up from our winter slumber. Um, to be honest, we're really excited for 2024. We've got some cool things in the works, some expanded programming. Um, we're looking at uh, pretty close to signing off on, on bringing some technology to the range that uh, I think it's going to be awesome and allow our, our golfers, our, our daily fee golfers, anybody who comes that can come right to the range, geolocate from where they're hitting from and, and get some ball data, play games. You know, technology and golf has boomed over the last five years. Um, and for as many customers as we have at this range to bring something like that, we're, we're super excited, but we'll take 65 degrees in February um, and, and wait for April to, to really get going so are we past the time when one guy in the foursome says i think you're 140 out the other guy says 168 out another guy tells you 177 out are we sort of getting past that with the technology these days <laughs> the technology yes but it's my guess that guy probably comes up short either way yeah, it doesn't matter it goes. <laughs> doesn't matter josh deal uh continued success there and like i said one of the great public courses uh, in the country is bobby jones bobby jones gc.com as they continue to give back as well check out all of the nonprofits that are there we'll see you soon josh all right we appreciate the out on the golf course the business of sports minute presented by our friends at southern company you can check out all our interviews at 680thefan.com the podcastpark.com or on the 680 the fan app do you know what the problem with you is though you get out there and it looks so nice and so inviting you think about playing again and then you thank god like we had to leave that day yeah because it, it kind of sucks me back in. I'll also say this. A day like today mm-hmm. is when I realized way back when, in 1996, boy, did I do the right thing getting out of the Northeast and oh, yeah. Northeast Ohio to be specific. Because yeah. you get days like this in November, too. You get those days where it's 65 and sunny, and they're shoveling snow up north. And I, I just don't understand. I guess if you don't know any better, because that was really the first time I got out of it consistently. If you don't know any better, you stay there. Why would you stay there? If you don't have to stay there. So I'm not going to lie. I have a visit in June when it's kind of nice. You get out of there, man. You tell everybody, yeah, it's nice that you stayed. It's nice that you stayed. I'll come visit. Um, I have a a jacket on a hook, right? As I leave the garage, you know, the door to go to the garage. You know what I looked at it today? I said, jacket, schmack it. Yeah. I didn't even touch it. You insulted the jacket. Derek Thomas, our golf guy, he is uh, in studio with us. Bobby Jones, I mean, how do you compare when you talk about your municipal courses? It's it's right there, as Josh said, if you don't know, right there in the middle of the city, and it's it's gorgeous. Oh, yeah, fantastic facilities. And then what really caught my ear was him talking about even bringing more technology. So I, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but as he's talking about, mentioned the GPS launch monitors, you're going to be able to do even more stuff up there. But, yeah, the fantastic facilities. Up there. And, and almost, it almost sure. looks fake. Like yeah, It looks it like, doesn't a, look real. It looks like a matte painting. It looks like a really nice private Club, but it yeah. looks like a mat painting. It's, oh, that's the city. Look how close it is. I can almost reach out and touch it. Ah, it must be fake. And when we were there doing the show last year, we had uh, the, the lunch crowd was yeah. great. We had a table yeah. full of ladies celebrating a birthday. I that's think we could have sat down and had a few drinks. There was no doubt to. about it. We could have day drunk with those women. There was a woman who was probably 77, more spunk than both of us. And I do honestly think she was eyeballing us. You yeah. two look like brothers, <laughs> young whippersnappers. Yeah, they were drinking, too. They were going at it. So the scenery there. It's Who knows what you're going to get on a game? Well, brothers. One, hey, one never knows. Real quick, coming up on Sunday, they're going to make a big announcement. Dan Corso and his group, uh, we're going to find out about World Cup games. And uh, when we talk about the business of sports and stuff that's going on. Talking about soccer? We do it really well here. Yes, Hudson, I am talking about the soccer. Yeah, go sell some nuggets. Don't worry about what we're talking about. Hey, you decided to leave. You left. You volunteered. You got out. Go drink now you're some, out. Go drink some Polynesian sauce. Mind your business. Let the adults speak now about this. That's Soccer on Sunday. We're going to find out actually what's going to happen with the World Cup right here in Atlanta. It's a big deal, man. Like I, it, There are people who are the, the soccer community is really looking to find out what it is we're going to have here in so, Atlanta. So for those that don't know, Hudson Mason took a job with Chick-fil-A. Yeah, and what you have there. to do, and, and I think a lot of uh, chains, restaurants do this, you have to work in one of the restaurants so you have a feel for what everybody does Multiples. if you're going to join the corporation. I think he's got to go to a bunch of different restaurants. I need a pull one bacon! I don't know if you also know this. You have to take one of your right 
it's your, it's your right hand, you have to dip it into that fryer. <laughs> For five seconds. Man. There's a number of reasons why I could never get a job at a Chick-fil-A a number of them. Yeah. One of them would be I would survive for five minutes through one of the busy shifts in a Chick-fil-A. Oh, you'd leave. I would. I'd walk right There's out. There's no doubt in my mind. You couldn't even be happy enough for people walking in. Like, you couldn't even fake that. Um, in front of I you. didn't want bacon on my deluxe. Well, what do you want me to do? You got it. You got bacon on it now. Take it off. That's not how we talk to the customers here, Mr. Chilean. I don't even think they're known as customers in that world either. I think even that's not. They're like, you know. Guests. You would be standing outside in the summer taking orders in the drive-thru for me. Couldn't do it. No. No way. What are you talking about? It's a job. It's like Augusta National doesn't uh, uh, call their people fans. They are patrons. Right. Right. At Chick-fil-A, they probably have a fancy word. Sure. Guests. Probably Um, guests. Yes, I wanted a a strawberry milkshake and you gave me an ice cream cone. Well, guess what? Now you got the ice cream cone. Move on. Next. My pleasure. I uh, I ordered an Arnold Palmer, and I thought it was going to be an even split of iced tea and lemonade. I'm tasting more lemonade. <laughs> Let me see that. I take a sip. No, it sounds, it tastes good to me. I was at a Chick-fil-A one right time, and this, this young high schooler was working the register, and this guy got something wrong in his order, and he was just going at oh, this girl, this young little girl. Terrible. Terrible. It was so bad. It makes him look worse than anything Chick-fil-A yeah, could have done or the, the high schooler that he was yelling at. Of course. What kind of man are you? What did the high schooler do, though? I would like kid. to now apologize to that young lady for the way I treated <laughs> yeah, her. Yeah, I mean, I know you're angry, but you want to look too far, Adam. When we come back, another major faux pas, speaking of golf, for Live Golf. We'll get golf. into that next. Domino, Cellini, The Fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. A lifetime of hard work. Children laughing in the kitchen. Family photos on a restaurant wall. A legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation. Like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to allow you. You're not allowed to give away the tickets right now. This is the end of the guy's career. No, no it's not. No, 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 no. This is no. when Adler started making money. This is a top ten hit from I Alice knew Cooper. he needed the money. Somebody came to him in the accounting office and said, Alice, we've been spending a lot the last few years. Oh, you only like old he Alice. really hasn't been coming in. All right, I'll do the power ballad. And it worked. And Alice will probably perform this. song was horrible. As he comes to town with Rob this, Zombie's this is... ministry and filter. Oh, my God. Maris Bank Amphitheater. He's September not doing the, the song in concert. I don't believe it. Even freaks, man, have feelings. This is his encore song. I don't believe it. He gave away tickets all week long, including a pair right now to call the number 4404 no. no, I'm voting no. You'll, you'll be refused service if you call <laughs> because of this song. LiveNation.com to get your tickets. They went on sale at 10 a.m. this morning. My guess is he's cashed every check he could out of the song. He doesn't need to do it. Yeah, what we are is what we are. I know the song, too. This is this is the common man song, man. Sure it is. Should be some loving. And some TV. And TV, like a couple of freaks. <laughs> you think Rob Zombie says, hey, man, what the hell? And Alice, says, Alice said, I needed the money. Yeah. I mean, be honest about it. I had a top ten hit with this. Pay some bills, man. Yeah. Then later hit in 12 years. And later on, I was able to do poison running through my veins. Because of this song, it kept me going. Maybe Rob comes out and plays acoustic with him. Does he still have the guillotine out there? I don't know what he's doing. Remember, they used to pretend like they cut his head off. Oh, he cut his head off again. Like, Welcome to My Nightmare, I think was the song he would go out. And then he went to this. Again, had a lot of bills. You got to do what you got to do sometimes. You know what? This this probably actually got him to pay for a country club. Yeah. Like a membership. Because he's a big golfer. And I think, I why do I think he owned a sports bar? I think, I think, I think right. him and Dan Marley. Yeah. I think, I don't know if they had the same one or they had competing sports bars. 
but I think Alice Cooper had a sports bar. Speaking of Phoenix, they're in town tonight. If I heckle Kevin Durant, will I get hey, thrown yeah. out of the arena? No, no. Well, what are you going to say? Depends what kind of a mood he's in. I'm not going to say anything bad. Okay. Kevin, you're not really a champion. They would have won without you. Should have stayed at OKC. You'll never get the respect you want. Yeah, that's okay. Seems a little wordy, but okay. I know what you're doing. You're a fraud. You're a fraud. How's it, how's it going in Brooklyn? Oh, wait. You're here. You're not there. Suns are in town uh, tonight. Trey Young, I don't know how he's going to react. What he's not an all-star. I, I agree with you. I mean, how can you not be an all-star with what he's averaged this year? The coaches picked the reserves, so I, I think it just goes back to that disconnect. Somewhere there was a disconnect with Trey Young and the rest of the league. He's 25 years old. Do you know what he's suffering from? I just figured it out. Can I give you the common man analogy? Yeah. Step brothers. It's not like your face. Just something about it. Something about your face. Is there anything I can do about it? No, man. Just when I see one, just right in the suck hole, I want to punch you. He's me five, 27 and 11. You walk to the All-Star game. And again, here's my problem. You want to tell me what he is and what he's not. And I've, I've done that. You're either messing with the guy's money a little bit to some degree, because I bet he's got bonuses in. But the other thing you're doing is you're forgetting it's an exhibition game. The fan said you're the second most popular guard in the East. I know this is not a real, this coming out of my mouth. If he's not a top 10 guard in the NBA, East, West, Borders, Rivers, whatever it is that separates us, then you don't know anything about basketball. I don't want to say I was shocked, but I was really taken aback when I saw he was not a part of what, the reserves. But what, did I, I knew, what did I tell you a month ago? He's not, he's not going to go originally. The fan vote, whatever it is, I don't even know if it's 50, then the other 50 then is the players and coaches and whoever the hell it is. I don't know. Fans voted him second, and this guy's not on the list. I don't give a damn. He's not third, he's not fourth, he's not fifth. And by the way, don't tell me about point guards and, and shooting guards. and everything. It's an exhibition. You're just supposed to put the best players out on the court and, and let them the, go. And uh, the trade deadline is in six days. We'll see who is with the Hawks and who is not with the Hawks when all is said and done. We talked about that rumor making the rounds from an anchor, sports anchor, television anchor in Los Angeles, saying that LeBron James was going to get traded. His uh, agent, Rich Paul, mm-hmm. put out... A statement saying he's not going to be traded and we don't want to be traded. We never asked for him to be traded. So he shot that down publicly today for whatever that's worth. Stephen A. Smith on first take on ESPN was campaigning for LeBron to come to New York. Sure. Openly campaigning. Yeah, yeah sure. Because again, that perfect. Let him go to the Knicks. Let him go to the Knicks. He'll win nothing. Let me just say this. If he could deliver a title to Cleveland, isn't anything possible? Nope. He did deliver there. Cursed building. First franchise. You know I made a $50 bet today with Show of Honesty? I made a $50 bet with one of the guys down on the other side of the building. Big Nick fan. You know what, you know what his... I, I took the bet because I couldn't even care less. He said, I'll bet you the Knicks make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. I said, I'll take the bet. I said, but that's your expectation now. Like, just get to the Eastern Conference Finals after 50 years of nothing. Listen, if you lose, just tell him you ain't paying him. No, I'll pay him. I just... What are you going to do about it? I found it funny when he was telling me how great they are this year. Things are going to be different. Then he said, we're going to go to the Eastern Conference Finals. Didn't say they were going to win it. Didn't, didn't do anything. Just, we're going to go to the Eastern Conference Finals. I said, oh, okay, that's what the expectation so is. So you're not going to pull a Nicky Santoro no. from Casino? No. If he won, he collected. If he lost, he told the bookies <laughs> to go blank themselves. <laughs> it's 50 bucks. We shook on it. We did the whole thing. Uh, Live Golf, we know, paid $300 million for John Rahm, and they released some of their teams. You know, you're on a team in yeah, yeah. golf. It's crazy. His name's spelled J-O-N. They spelled the J-O-H-N, uh-huh. and then they got the team wrong. Oh. It's Legion 12, and it was announced as Legion 13. So apparently not everybody's really on the same page language when barriers. it comes to live golf. Language barriers. There's a, there's a language barrier. Here's Brush what I would, up on the English. Here's what I would tell live golf. Here's what I would say. Now, again, you, you, you got to be careful about this. Because what happens in the old neighborhood when you tell a guy, you no longer have a piece of my business? I know that I paid you every month. You were sort of my partner. Wait, oh, you, you, but now you're out. I'm not paying you, you anymore. Had a, you had a, well, if you said a Rivadarchi, you yeah. had a grease fire. You didn't have <laughs> a place. Journal. You didn't have a business. Did you have to look under your car every <laughs> yeah, time you went to start yeah. it up? So here's what I would tell the live people. I don't even know who they are. You're out. I told you, I got good old-fashioned dirty American money. We got dirty American money. We're going to take care of this all ourselves. I thought this merger was going to be done. By the first of the year. Do you know what they're starting to realize? No, first of the year. Again, that's what they said. They kept moving the goalpost for like five months. No, we're good, but it's just not going to be the first. How do you tell people who allegedly are the live people that they're out? 
because I'd tell them they're out. I got $3 billion. I got all these people here. Dirty American money. Well, like Maybe said, some clean American it, money. It I, will should... be, I, I think it will be based on reputation anyway, not to paint with a broad brush. It'll be very similar to the neighborhood. So, look at your car. Right. Your house may be gone. You know, things like that. So, they're in no matter what. Oh, we'd like to get them out, but who's going to tell them? Right. I don't know if anybody could tell them. I don't want to be that guy. They have $3 billion. You know what? I'm going to tell you this. What was that guy's name in uh, Die Hard? Booby. You know what happened to him? Yeah. He tried to be the messenger. That's right. Here's what I'm going to say. If you got $3 billion of, you know, this guy and that guy, the Americans, here's what I know you can get, another $3 Because you know what rich guys do? Rich guys follow other rich guys. Oh, we're going to have our own little club. What are we going to do? I don't know. We're going to be able to go to any golf course we want. We're going to run tournaments. We'll do it. You, you want a hobnob? Hey, Arthur Blank, come on out. Hey, it's the waste management out in Phoenix. Hey, come on out. If they got $3 billion, they can get another $3 billion. Don't do that either no, in the old no, neighborhood. No, no. Again. Geez, that's like calling fire in a movie theater. So, well, at that, po- at that point, you'll get the hammer, like in Casino. Two big challenges for two Falcons coaches. We'll get into that when we come back. Here on Domino and Cellini, the Fan 680 and 93.7 F. Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the Derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Is there chaos in your closet? Look, Blouse, you've got some nerve hanging there like that. I can't help it. I'm jammed in here next to this suit. Hey, I'm a three-piece, all right, which means I need a little more room. You've got a lot of attitude for a linen suit. I'm a polyester blend, sweetheart, and there needs to be room for men's clothes, too. Hi, I'm Christina, and in Artisan Custom Closets, we help families organize and simplify their closets with customized storage solutions. See what's possible for your home at artisancustomcloset.com and then call us for a free in-home consultation. 